From WIS Politics in Madison, you're listening to Capital Chats. Hello, everybody. This is Kate Morton, a reporter with WISPolitics.com, here with my colleague Adam Kellenhofer, who recently did an interview with Department of Corrections Secretary Kevin Carr. So, Adam, what did you talk about? Hi, Kate. Yeah, so a lot of what we talked about centered around the Department of Corrections budget priorities and Many of their budget priorities actually focus on addressing the staff vacancy issue at state prisons, which are reaching beyond 50% at some prisons right now. We also got to talk a little bit about some of the capital budget projects, especially focusing on juvenile prisons. So let's just jump right into it. Thank you very much, Secretary Kevin Carr, for joining me on today's Capital Chats podcast. It is a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for having me, Adam. All right. So it is budget season right now, uh, which means there are a lot of Joint Finance Committee hearings. You testified before the Joint Finance Committee uh, very recently and made some pretty big asks, uh, especially surrounding staff vacancy rates. Uh, Staff vacancy rates at a lot of state prisons have been quite high for quite a long time, even before uh, you became Secretary of Department of Corrections. Um, But there, there are quite a few prisons. There are a few prisons right now that are at about a 50% vacancy rate. So um, what are you trying to do to address that issue? Well, one of the things that we've done is with the help of the legislature and Governor Evers, we um, raised the compensation rate for starting pay at our maximum security facilities to about $31 to $32 an hour. Um, we did that over a year ago. And despite having increased compensation to that level for starting pay at a maximum security facility, we still have a high rate of vacancies at those maximum security facilities, which indicates to me that um, we haven't found the sweet spot of compensation that will um, interest people in applying for and filling those vacancies. So have you had any success lobbying Republicans on the Joint Finance Committee to approve, uh, you know, continuations of those pay bumps? Well, you know, the governor's um, request in his requested budget um, for compensation at the Department of Corrections in the Division of Adult Institutions includes some significant Um, pay increases, along with the continuation of what was instituted um, as add-ons. And these add-ons were um, specific um, amounts of money that were added onto the base rate of pay for starting employees, depending on where they um, would end up working. So in summary, the governor's request is that We increased the base rate of compensation up to about $33 an hour um, starting and continue the add-ons depending on if you work at a maximum security facility or not. In addition to those things, and to go digress to your earlier question, what are we doing to address the vacancy issue? We are on social media, we're on radio, we're on TV. In fact, yesterday I heard one of our ads on the Brewers game (laughs) on the radio, okay? Um, We're using billboards, we're using social media, we're doing mail, 
um, delivery. We've hired a marketing company that specializes in hiring folks in um, public safety positions. We've done a number. We've done everything that we can possibly think of to try to attract folks to um, the Department of Corrections. And the other thing is we've raised compensation. All right. So um, I've, I have actually seen uh, the Department of Corrections ads on the, the Bucks games uh, pretty regularly. Um, so do you do you think those ads and the, the marketing efforts and the pay bumps, is that going to be enough to really reduce the vacancy rates to a more manageable level, um, say, before, I don't know, say in like three, four years or so or? Um, what what is what is the timeline for kind of trying to reduce those vacancy rates? When do you think it'll be in a more manageable level? Well, that's hard to say, Adam, because when I became the secretary in January of 2019, the vacancy rate at the Department of Corrections in DAI was 17%. That's awful high. But the Department of Corrections historically has had a difficult time with vacancy rates um, prior to um, our administration coming into office. Since then, the average vacancy rate throughout the Division of Adult Institutions has risen to about 33%. Now, there's a number of reasons for that. Um, the economy certainly impacts um, government just like it impacts the private sector. We all know that there are a high number of vacancies throughout the private sector in every category that you can look at. Now, with that being said, um, the unemployment rate in this state has never been lower. So people that wanna work can find work. There are two jobs available for every one person that's looking. People have choices. What we have to do at the Department of Corrections and in state government is make people want to choose us. Yeah. Um, okay. So I kind of want to switch gears here a little bit, still sticking with budget priorities, but going over to the capital budget. Um, in Governor Evers' capital budget, he included funding for new juvenile facilities, which uh you know, uh, juvenile prisons in Wisconsin has been a, a hot topic for years now with Lincoln Hills and Copper Lake. Um, there is the 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 new proposed site in Milwaukee to replace Lincoln Hills. But um, in that capital budget, there are two additional juvenile facilities. What can you tell me about those two other juvenile facilities? Is it is that uh, a really big push for DOC right now, or do you think that one facility in Milwaukee is going to be enough? No, I think that the additional um, facilities that the governor is requesting in our capital budget are critical to us being able to um, envision the goals of Act um, 185, which was passed in 2017, which was to close Lincoln Hills as a juvenile facility. Without having um, the additional facilities that the governor um, is requesting, um, it's going to be difficult, if not impossible, to close um, Lincoln Hills um, as quickly as, as folks would like. Let's remember, um, the facility in Milwaukee is designed to hold 32 youth. 
we have almost double that number in custody up at Lincoln Hills at this time. So um, at a minimum, we're going to need to have um, a second, if not a third facility in order to, um, to certainly close Lincoln Hills. And that was what was always intended by Act 27, um, Act 185 anyway. It was, when it was passed, it was envisioned that there would be three type one juvenile facilities strategically located around the state, along with several county run facilities that would um, create a statewide plan so that um, the concept of keeping youth closer to home where they have more access to family and community and other services that were um, helpful to their um, reentry into their communities were located. So um, we're simply trying to follow the um, direction, if you will, of the legislature when they created the act by requesting these additional facilities. Yeah, um, and I, I've i been tracking that population at Lincoln Hills um, since I started this job, which as you said, this this issue has actually predated my my work in in uh, covering state issues. Uh, but I, I've seen that population actually go down quite a bit throughout the years. Um, what do you think is driving that decrease? And is that is that the direction we want to go? Well, first of all, you know, I think what's happening is that as the cost of um sending folks to Lincoln Hills has increased. A number of counties have um, identified other alternatives to deal with their juvenile issues locally. And um, that's not a bad thing. You know, I, I do believe that, um, you know, there has to be multiple tools in the toolbox so that you can provide the specialized um, level of treatment that each youth needs. And, and so um, I think that um, more local options are, are in the end, a good thing. All right, got it. Um, so last question, I wanna touch on something that you brought up during the that Joint Finance Committee hearing. Um, a lot of the Republicans brought up a the this master's facility plan, um, which is a, is a contentious issue for sure, but, um, you know, they they've a lot of uh, Republicans have advocated to kind of get rid of Green Bay Correctional, which is a fairly old facility. Uh, it was built in the late 1800s. Um, and your response, I thought, was really, really interesting and in that the Evers administration doesn't really have an appetite to increase bed capacity at DOC. Uh, but any kind of talks about building new facilities would have to come with some sort of criminal justice reform. Can you talk more a little bit about what kind of reform would be, what kind of talks are we talking about? Well, first of all, um, the master uh, facilities plan makes several um, recommendations. And among them was the um, recommendation to consider building a 1600 bed maximum security facility at that time, the cost was estimated to be close to $500 million. And that was in 2019. You know, I can only 
guess that it would easily approach 700 to 800 million dollars today. Now, with that being said, um, our administration has no appetite to increase the number of bids that we have in our system. But um, I believe that the governor would be open to discussions um, about, um, you know, replacing a couple of old facilities with a newer one that didn't increase our um, overall footprint uh, as far as the number of beds. But um, in order to do that, you have to have some legislated comprehensive criminal justice reform, the same types of reforms that have happened in states like Texas, where over the course of 10 years, they closed 10 prisons in Michigan, Oklahoma, Louisiana, South Carolina. There's a number of states that have engaged in comprehensive criminal justice reform that was smart and thoughtful, that reduced the cost of prisons, lowered populations, which enabled them to close some of their prisons and maintain public safety. That all, those all sound like pretty good ideas to me, but um, we don't have to do the things that everybody else did. We can create a Wisconsin model, a model that works for the state of Wisconsin that accomplishes those same objectives and um, produce better outcomes for those who um, happen to be um, imprisoned in the state of Wisconsin. All right. Well, thank you very much for that answer. And thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was a pleasure to have you on. And uh, I hope you have a good rest of your week. Thank you, Adam. And thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Bye. Bye. Well, Adam, thanks for sharing that interview, and it'll be interesting to see how these budget priorities kind of shake out and if there's any opportunities for bipartisan agreement. Yeah, and it'll be really interesting to see when Lincoln Hills will actually close. So if our listeners want to read more about anything to do with the Department of Corrections, they can head over to our website at wispolitics.com. But for now, I'm Adam Kellenhofer. I'm Kate Morton. Thanks for listening to WIS Politics Capital Chats, brought to you by Spectrum.